corporate worship is just amazing. Things happen in corporate worship that doesn't happen anywhere else. Have you experienced that? I mean, you've got your quiet time, you've got all kinds of things in your life, but there's a certain connection with God that only happens in corporate worship. Um, It's really special. When we speak about Sabbath, I think it's important to say in the context we live in that we must be careful of making it a legalistic thing. Um, and legalism, I mean, legalism is, is a great danger when it, when it comes to laws and things like that. Um, yet, having laws written on our own hearts is something that... God said in the New Covenant, through His Spirit, He will do. And um, we do not do anything to be accepted by God, but because we are accepted by God, we are free to now learn and understand His glorious and beautiful ways and His design. And if we live accordingly, we will always be prophetic in our day and age, we will extend the kingdom of God and we would experience an increasing amount of joy and peace. You know the kingdom of God is righteousness, righteousness, peace and joy. It's God's father heart that you are full of joy and of peace. Did you know that? That's his will. That's the advance of the kingdom. That you, that you bubble with joy and have perfect peace. So, to start out with, I want to read for us Jeremiah 6, verse 16. It's a prophetic word that Heinrich Titus, the leader of our movement, brought about a year ago, maybe even more. Um, it's written by Jeremiah, who was the um, lamenting prophet in Israel in the time of the exile. Um, and because the Israelites didn't observe the Sabbath for 40 years, and therefore they foregone a lot of the joy and of the uh, peace that God wanted for them, and God couldn't allow His people to continue without that, because that would do a dishonor to who He is. Um, and he, he exiled them into, into Babylon for not keeping His ways. Just listen to this. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. It's become a lovely word in my ears. The ancient paths. The ancient paths. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. Who wants rest for their souls? Who wants the good way? But you know what? Most of us, like the Israelites, respond in exactly this way. But you said, we will not walk in it. I mean, who who would say no to this? But at the end of this night, you will see why you might say no. But I want to challenge you and say, there's a beautiful design. A design of God that was given at creation and revealed throughout Scripture, a design for life that God gives, that if we live within it, the kingdom has advanced and we are well. And the advancement of the kingdom is more people that are well in God. Um, Do you want to be within it? Because only in it will we find rest for our souls. Many, Many people say, well, I... I want to find rest for my soul, so therefore I will save up for my retirement day. So I will be a slave to mammon for 45 years, and then I hope that the God of money would be gracious enough that he would give me 15 years of rest at the end of my loyal service for its cause. And God says, I want you to find rest from day one, right now. Do you want rest for your souls? Do you want the design of God for life? And one of these beautiful 
uh, elements to the design of God, the glorious, beautiful design, the way we were made to live, is found in what God gives us through Sabbath. We're gonna, I'm going to give you a quick definition, then we're going to run through it, and I'm going to show you some cool things from Scripture and some other things I found. Definition of Sabbath. It is a gift. Can you say it's a gift? It's a gift given by God, woven into the fabric of human existence at creation. It's part of the way we were designed for at creation. The whole world ever since Christian or non-Christian has operated on seven-day weeks, right? It's a holy day where we cease from our work. The word Sabbath means to cease or to stop. And celebrate life as best we can. I really like this. Celebrate life the best we can. One day a week, every week. You should have a massively amazing day. One day a week, every week. That's the design of our glorious God. Isn't that cool? But you, you said we will not walk in it. Why not? Let's, let's embrace this. So we read of Sabbath um, when it becomes a law in the Ten Commandments. And um, you know the Ten Commandments. You, you, you shall have no other gods except for me. You will have no idols. Um, then... You will not blaspheme the name of God. Then it speaks about Sabbath, keeping the Sabbath. And then he lists all the other terrible sins. Murder and theft and, ad- and adultery, you know. Nine of them, most of you, would say that you have made it a law in your heart. You will not murder, right? Most of us, when we come to Christ, we also make laws in our hearts our I will, I will not engage sexually with someone else before I get married. Most of us make laws in our hearts. I mean, we will not craft idols and worship them. It's a law in your heart. Isn't, and, and it should be. I will not murder nine of them. Then there is one that we don't do it with. And it's Sabbath. Now, I started in the law... For a very good reason. But that's interesting that that one we take easy. Now, I can tell you this much, that all the others, when you do not do them, it's very easy to see it. Others can see it, and you'll feel the consequences of it directly, and others can tell you of the consequences. You might end up in jail, or you might be thrown out of the church, or a lot of stuff can happen very overtly, because it's very visible if you murder someone, right? Right? But if you don't keep the Sabbath, it's not, that over, it's not that visible. It's not that overt. The destruction in your life is the same. It's just slower. The destruction it brings to the kingdom of God and your life, I want to bring to you, and you'll see later. I'm gonna, I'll get off my hectic, hectic bus just now. We're just starting in the law. It's always good to start, start in the law and then move into grace. Okay? But... The fact of the matter is that not keeping it kills us like all the others do. And unlike the others, it's found in the creation narrative. It's an older, it's an it's a enduring command. It's a thing that is grounded and rooted by the creation story, the way God set things up to be. Also, and this I found very exciting and interesting, listen to this. We make it, that's the one flaky law, right? Then we read from Exodus 20 where God speaks to Moses on the mountain and he gives him the laws. You know, you remember you wrote it on tablets? And he gives him all the laws, da, 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 all the way to Exodus 31. If you don't believe me, you can open your Bible and see the last bit. Right before it says all these things God wrote on um, tablets, and then it ended. The last bit of it, you know what it says? After all the laws, 
says, Tell my people this. Above all, they must keep the Sabbath. Above all, keep the Sabbath. So here, the Sabbath is elevated as the law. Within the Sabbath, and it's a good reason for it, but within the Sabbath, we find that when you practice it, you and keep it holy unto God, and you rest and enjoy, it creates the environment where your mind and heart gets aligned to God in such a way that you would live in His ways and in His kingdom, and that the other commandments, which are all very terrible, would be far less likely to be a problem. It's the one that creates that space. It's the one that if you would keep that, you would most likely not fall into the others. I hope you think it's as amazing as I do that that's the way that that, that speech on the mountain ends. It's just incredible. What do we do with it? Now, now I just want to say this again because uh, we, we've, we have a legalistic culture. Uh, all right? So, um, often... <laughs> What a legalistic culture does is when I speak to you about the love of God, then your understanding of it is this shallow. But when I speak about the commandments of God, it's this deep. So I only have to say one thing about the commandments and you get a big, you feel it very, you feel it very big. But when I speak for half an hour on the love of God, you can only go that deep with it. So then still you walk out with, now what should I, you know, what should I do for God to be pleased with me? And if I now do, don't do the things that we just, just said, what I just said, then, you know, I can't spend time with God before I get these things right. Now, that's legalism that's on your heart. We are free from the requirement of the law to earn our salvation or to earn favor with God. Do you know that? You don't earn favor with God by doing anything. You do everything because He loves you and has accepted you in Christ Jesus, and therefore you want to honor Him with your life. Okay? We, 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 we keep them not to earn anything, but to enter the abundant life we have been given and to glorify our great God. There's a design that God has given that should you walk in it, you would find the abundant life. You would find rest for your soul and God would be glorified and the kingdom of God would extend throughout the whole earth. You would win, the kingdom would win, God would love it and it would be fantastic because that's God's plan that it would be Fantastic. Okay. Started with the law. Another thing I'd, I want to mention, moving out of the law section into the rest of it, God rested from his work. And we were made in his image. God worked six days, rest one. We were made in His image and commanded to do the same. The ones made in the image of our Maker, if He rested, how much more are we to rest? If we are in His image and ought to reflect Him, the design has been given to us. Now, we, he rested mornings and evenings. He, he, he rested in the night. He didn't work in the night. Now, does God need sleep? No. Do we? Yes. Does God need Sabbath rest? No. Do we? Yes. So God worked in the way to show us how we should work. If we do not sleep or keep the Sabbath, we do not end up in a good space because that's the way we were made and God showed it to us in creation. Um, we are made in His image. And then came Jesus, and he did many things that they said were not lawful for him to do on the Sabbath. And because the Sabbath became such 
a legalistic requirement, the beauty and created intention of Sabbath disappeared in those years, in those days. It became, it became a burden, what you're allowed to and what you're not allowed to. Okay, how far you can walk and what you can do this. They made so many laws. You would see, in, I don't know if you've noticed in sea points, there are things that look like telephone um, poles. All, it's all over. Like at the promenade is a few, close to the house is one. And it goes across the road. And if you look up, you'll see it's, it's a um, pole there, a pole there, and it's connected. There's a string running from the top. It's where they've actually... M- Measured out, and I think the rabbi somehow decided, or bless, this is like a one-day journey. So this is, if you walk up until there while you live in, I don't know which area, then that's how far you can walk on the Sabbath. It's all, all up a sea point. So, I mean, it, <laughs> it, it became this thing that it, was, that it never was. And Jesus said it straight when he said that the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath, Okay. He's the Lord of the Sabbath. Made it very clear, so we know. Okay, he knows. He's, he's the boss of the Sabbath. And he said, guys, the Sabbath was made for man. Not man for the, for the Sabbath. The Sabbath wasn't made so that you can have something to obey. The Sabbath, Sabbath was given as a blessing to you. Like our good father is. First thing he did to Adam and Eve is his, he created them and then he blessed them, giving them unmerited favor and things they didn't deserve. He showers them with it. That's who God is. He blesses. It is given to us as a blessing. But in our fallen in our fallen state, we opt to not have the blessings of God. And therefore, for the Israelites at least, when they had to rely on the flesh to stay within the will of God, he made it a commandment on letter. For us, he writes it as commandments on our hearts. But right here, there was a switch made, and Jesus declared that, hey guys, we actually did this thing for you. Or do you think that God needed to rest? He just wanted to show you the way the world works. Interesting story is that, like I said earlier, since creation in all cultures around the world, everything works on a seven-day week. It just works. During the French Revolution, the French Revolution, was it the French or the... I think somewhere there. Someone decided they are going to change it to 10 days, so it can be more productive, so they can work more and less. The, the, the whole thing, you can go read up on it, it collapsed gloriously. The suicide rate w- went up, the divorce rates went up, people didn't work, it just collapsed gloriously because the human was not created for a 10-day week, but a 7-day week as God designed. There's neuroscience you can read also that backs these things up about sleep cycles and all that stuff. We're actually made in this way. Um, We're made to flourish in this way. So, if if I would engage in Sabbath and Earth, we're, we're going to speak about it like practically just a little bit later, but like what, why would I do it? And what would I get? Um, or what would happen if I do it and when I do not do it? And um, let me stick to this list for now. But when we do engage the Sabbath, resting for 24 hours in a seven-day week, we grow, by, we grow in faith by default because there's a lot of things to do at work, right? If you would really rest for one day and say, well, there's a lot of things I have to do, whether you know, personal stuff or work stuff, but I'm actually going to rest. You're putting your faith out that God's going to make it work. Okay? You're putting your faith out that God's going to make it work. It's the same as if you would, if you want to grow in faith, keep the Sabbath and give 
your money away to some NGO. I promise you, you will grow in faith. That's the easiest way. But keeping the Sabbath is, is, is this weekly thing where we say, God, you can do it better than me. I'm going to delight and enjoy you and life and not work, even though there's a lot of work. And have faith in you that the outcome would be better because I trusted in you. You will grow in faith by default. It is worship unto God when it is without faith, it's impossible to please God. Sabbath is an act of faith that worships God. And in Sabbath, one of the things we ought to do, it's a holy day unto God. So it's a day where we set time aside to meet with Him and to worship Him. So by default, it is a worship unto God. It increases your, 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 your peace and joy, which is God's aim, advancing the kingdom, seeking the kingdom, seeking righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It will open up your capacity to have um, peace and joy. Relational fulfillment, it's what it's used for, is time with friends and family over meals and through walks and things. It's That's what we do. That's one of the big things we do on Sabbath, relational fulfillment. And then resting and restoration because our minds, our souls, our our bodies need it. So, what I want you to do now is turn to those around you. And then I want you to discuss. um, We're going to continue just now. And I want to get some feedback and questions from you after this discussion. But um, discuss, do you think that you want to practice Sabbath? Have the discussion. Don't give Sunday school answers. Like give the answer that's in your heart. And then say, why would you not? So what would be the obstacles to your practicing Sabbath? Okay. Um, And then whatever happened in your discussion, I would... um, Love to get some questions or comments from the group afterwards so we can maybe dig into some practical things or questions or maybe angles that I'm missing. And then we're going to continue with a few other things um, that's more practical towards the end. So, is that clear? Turn in your groups and you have that discussion for about five minutes. Is that fine? Five or six minutes. Enjoy. Don't make big gr- big groups. This is this is big group, but make small groups. Three, three people is good. I would love to hear some feedback and questions. Maybe some some ans- some answers to the second question, maybe, or specific questions. Anyone wants to say something? You can raise your hand. No, I think we just, um, Alex made a very interesting point, and actually, being in Germany for six months now, everything is closed on the Sunday, so you can literally not do grocery shopping, you can't do any admin-related tasks, and that quite challenged me, because that is what keeps me often from the Sabbath, because you're like, I have to plan for the week, and I have to do all of these things, Um, and I think... I will kind of shift my mind now because we had to adapt, obviously, in Germany. And you kind of, that made your Sunday a lot more restig because you couldn't do anything else. Um, and it's interesting that it's not like that in our culture. Sorry, I'll, I'll just go with it as well. No, um, we we kind of like had this, this discussion as well. I think like... Um, I think obviously you would not not want to have Sabbath. I think we all agree that it's um, that's needed. And I think sometimes what I find challenging in our Cape Town life and living the La Vida Cape Town, so it's kind of like there's always stuff happening, you know, and there's like always all these socials and people have brides and there's yeah there's always stuff to do. And I mean, you go into the mountains and stuff, but. I mean, that can be seen as Sabbath if you find the walk on the prom as resting and stuff like that. But, you know, for example, in, like, I'm more introvertic or, like, the introverts in our space. Like, you actually sometimes 
do not need that social because it's it's draining for you. So I think it's kind of like that challenge. But then also, I mean, then we were discussing from for me and for Lisa, if you're in a relationship or marriage, um, you know, like we kind of like had the discussion where we would say like, let's just have like one social weekend. But then it's obviously challenging because one wants this and the other one wants that. But it's also not, it's again the legalistic thing, but it is kind of like, you kind of like need to draw a line somewhere because um, I, I don't rest with socials where as she does. It can, be, it, can, it can form part of a Sabbath for her, but yeah. I think one thing that's helpful that um, is if you see the Sabbath as more than an off day, it's not just an off day on which you do nothing. It's a holy day unto God. So we'll speak about more like practicals to that, but the, the mind shift of saying like, this is going to be a holy day to God, n- not just an off day, you know, on which, you know, because an off day is you've got nothing here to do, right? And like nothing easily gets filled up with, with something. Yeah, we didn't have anything, so we might as well. But if you have Sabbath, you do have something to do. That nothing becomes holy. And then it, there are, are some helpful, helpful practices. But to make, it a, to make it a thing, some people light a candle the evening when Sabbath starts. I'll tell you what we do um, as well later. More comments. No more of our housemates. 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 God is now played. Like questions. What makes Sabbath difficult? Why? This is going to be tough. <laughs> no, um, what Johan and I discussed was, uh, and it's along the lines of what you're saying, Debbie, is that to do it, there does, it requires some intentional framing of what you will be doing. So if you are a recovering, recovering legalist like myself, you easily go, I will not do this, and I will not do this, and I will not do this. Um, is it lawful to do this? And then you sit there stressing about things you can't do or you can do, which is like right back into the mess. And then you fail at that, and you're like, ah, oh, it's not so legalistic. And then you swing maybe the other way, and then there's no discipline or framing or intentionality of what you will and won't be doing. And then other stuff, as you said, just invades. You know, Stuff will always try and invade. So I think you have to practice, basically. And so it's, it's actually trying again when you fail and not just giving up. It's like when someone gives you, if, if you really want to learn how to, or if you really want to do cycling and someone gives you a bicycle of 300,000 rand as a gift, you do need some discipline now to engage the gift, right? And the bigger the gift, the more the discipline we require to do it, Right? So we're made to have, have discipline, and legalism sh- shouldn't scare us away from discipline, and discipline positions us to receive the love of God and His gifts. Thanks, Matt. Any other? Anything else? One more, one more, one more. A difficult, a difficult question. Okay, so you're all going to do so. Oh, shucks, I hope you weren't going to. Um, it was a comment that someone made. I think it was, I think it was Lowe that made this comment once. It's like the next day starts the previous day. Um, and if I feel one day so full that I'm quite exhausted, then on my Sabbath day, it almost takes like a few hours even to get into the rest. Same with like, if I'm like, oh, I'm going to spend time in prayer and reading in the evening. I can't fill my, or it's not probably a great idea to fill my day with things that will distract me, because then when I do sit down to pray and read, it's not very effective. Um, So sort of just viewing the Sabbath day almost in the day before it, um, so that when you start the Sabbath day, it's actually quite natural. Absolutely. So that's why I find the way that the... um, the Jews practice it very helpful. So when does the day, when does the day start for them? In the evening. That's, that's the beginning of the day, right? 
So um, the Sabbath traditionally starts with a Shabbat meal around a table. With every, it's, like a, it's like a Christmas dinner every week with the family and friends. Honestly, it's this massive celebration that happens on a Friday night with everyone there. You invite whoever, and it's huge, and you make very nice food. Alice can teach you exactly how they do it, and it's fantastic. We did it a lot in lockdown. Um, So they start in the evenings, and the next day when you wake up, you're already in it. And then, like, like, typically it ends in the evening again, or like theoretically, but I mean, what do you do in the evening? You eat again, and then you go to sleep. So, like, in everything the Jews do, they find a loophole and just make, make it more than what it was. So, like, 24 hours, actually, to me, that way, feels like 36 hours. And we've started to do that also. So, our Sabbath starts with me and Ronald having date night every Thursday night. So, we're not available for ministry or whatever then. We are available if someone wants to do a nice braai on a Friday night, but from from date night on a Thursday, that's when it starts, and then into the Friday. That's our off day, if you didn't know. Um, so, yeah, like pastors only work four days a week. It's lovely. Um, yeah. So, 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 I mean, just want to, I almost want to ask you this question, like, ask yourself, can you afford to not have Sabbath? Can you afford to make a light thing of it? Your mental health, your joy and, and peace in God, and the kingdom of God depends on it. I can tell you a lot of pastors do not keep the Sabbath at all because there's so much good work to do for God. So I'll just stay in rest always, you know. I'm in Christ in rest. But it just doesn't work. When you, when you engage people in ministry, so few of them have got any joy. It's just like I'm working so hard for God. It's so tough. All these people, you know. Um, and that's, un- that's very unfortunate. Because if you are supposed to be a steward of the kingdom of God and of his gospel, his good news, but it isn't good news to you anymore. Like the peace of God and the joy he has isn't prevalent in your life. Then what kingdom are you witnessing for? All right? So you're not in ministry, but I mean, the same thing applies to your life. And it's this beautiful double edged sword that the kingdom of God depends on it and your well being. And both of those things are what God desires. If you do practice Sabbath, you will grow in faith by default. You'll have time to be with God and loved ones. You do things you love and you rest and you get restored. And God is glorified and peace and joy will become your portion. I didn't have to put that on the slide, but I did. And then, I want to say this lightly. But I do want to say it because I do want to, because we we take Sabbath so lightly. We're like, yeah, if I can, you know. It's nice. It's good for me. But I, you know, I can't because I love my work and I need to do stuff. You know, I've got a lot of I've got a lot of stuff to do. I have a massive calling with many things. But when we don't, we need to realize that we are doing violence to our own souls. We're doing violence to those around us. And we're doing violence to that which God has called us. You're actually doing violence to your soul and your wife and husband. And the calling of God that you now cannot do without this. Because we're moving outside the limits that God has assigned at creation. So when we, when we live life with, with, without it, we actually... We, we, 
you're relying on yourself to make things work. But a life that engages the Sabbath actually says, God, I rely on you to make things work. Because I'm not going to work that much. And you want me to not work that much. Isn't that a great God, a great boss? But, and I mean, for a lot of Christians, they would just say, well, I have got work to do, so I have to do the work. But I mean, who do you trust more, you or God? So if God says, go and have a wonderful day, I'll take care of everything, don't worry about it. Can we trust him and have a wonderful day? (laughs) He actually wants us, I believe this, he actually wants us to have the best day possible every week, once a week. Start with a massive Christmas, Christmas dinner evening with candles and music and whatever you can, and make it beautiful and special. You can dress up if you want. If that's your thing, it's not my thing. <laughs> like, don't invite me to dress up parties. I'm like, oh, cool, we're going to go to that party. And then just before I leave, then Renal's like, it's a dress-up party. And I've, I've got this old talk bag that I have hidden some things in from university days that I then, I then visit. But, I mean, there's only so many themes in there. Um... And some of the things I wouldn't, I wouldn't wear anymore, for obvious reasons. Um, so it's important. Remember this. I've said it before. We set the day apart, holy unto, unto God. It's not just the rest day that you have when you can set it apart. Find a beginning. Find an end. It doesn't have to be the same day every week. I mean, it's beautiful if the culture you're in. Like the Jews, just imagine this. Just imagine like the whole nation, every Friday night, everyone has a feast and no one's available for anything. And then on the next day, everybody's just having a chill day. Wonderful day. The whole nation. It's not like that now. So you have to contend for when, when that space is. It's great if it can be the same day every week. But it doesn't have to be. And we don't have to be religious about this. So the ideal is 24 hours, yes. But for some of us in some seasons, it's just not possible. So we just, we just do two half days, you know, and just consecrate them and just, you know, do them well. So somehow, don't make it a law, make it a joy. And then receive it as a gift. Remember, it is a gift. It's not a law. It's 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 a gift. It's not a law. But if you realize this, the, the weight of it, then you make it a law into your heart the same way that it's a law in my heart that I will not murder. Are you with me? Um, so... For the more analytical of you, what do you do practically? What do you actually do? And uh, work through some material by um, Pete Cazero. If you want to read his book, Emotionally Healthy Leadership, I read, I read that one. I know there's a, another one also, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Jacques, does that also have something about Sabbath in? Okay, you can read Emotionally Healthy Spirituality as well. It'll be the same there. And uh, you can listen to the Hurry and Hustle podcast from like John McComer and uh, the other guy. Um, I think it's episode number five is about Sabbath, and it's really great. I got a lot of insights from them, and I think the way they do things is amazing. Um, so what do we do deliberately on a Sabbath? is these four things. You Shabbat, you cease to work deliberately. Hands, mind, cease, work. What do you do to deliberately cease work? Laptop off, laptop gone, phone off. Whatever it is, cease work. Now that's something to do, right? It's not something you just hope happens. Learn how to do that. Um, Pete Cazero said when, when he got this revelation, like some of you might have after tonight and be like, I'm going to 
do this. Help me, God. It took him 14 years before he found, like, before he, he felt he somehow, he somehow got this now and it's working. It's not easy, but we can't go without it. So cease normal work. It's not religious. Jesus said when, you're, when, when the cow falls into the pit, are you gonna, aren't you going to help it out? I mean, don't be, don't be stupid. Like, you've got a like, business and then it's, it's burning down. And then you stand there and say, like, no, I'm too scared to help because it's, it's Sabbath. You know? Don't be stupid. Jesus said that. He didn't say that. <laughs> he said, take out the, out the, out the, out the coffee. The, rest, the next thing is, you rest. God rested. God ceased and he, rest, he rested. So, you sleep in. You don't set alarm. You sleep in. You take naps. You literally rest as best as you possibly can. The third thing is, you delight. Now, God specifically looked at the work that he did and said, oh, it's so good. He delighted in it. It was, it, it was, still, it was still daylight when he stopped because he could see it. <laughs> and then he delighted in it. So... Um, Look for amazing things to do. What are the most amazing things you can think of doing? And then you do it. Okay? What are the most amazing things you could do? For me, it's something like jogging on the promenade and then walking back and then having coffee or whatever. That's what I do. That's how I... On a Saturday morning, on a Friday morning, I keep Jacques out of work and we have our, our coffee run. So that's the next thing in my Sabbath is on a Friday morning. We run to the waterfront, so we have a coffee, we walk the coffee out and we run back and we um, kind of debrief our lives to each other. Um, and when he starts to talk too much church, then I, um, I clutch out. So we usually speak more about his his business than about about church stuff because I, I I need a break then from that. But that's something I delight in and love to do and look forward to every week. Um, I absolutely love taking Daniel to sport on a Friday. He's got he's got sport on fr- Fridays and to watch him hit the ball and kick the ball while I'm just. L- Lying there on the sports fields of Jan van Riebeek, chilling it out, and I, I love that. Um, you could go and hike, you could go and swim, you can go and do whatever. Remember what we said at the homie Sunday thing. So whatever you do in word or deed, like do it to the glory of God. So I'm not saying do fantastic stuff that is terribly sinful, okay? But I, I, I don't think that's what you think. But you're all, you're all Christians. Um, that since I've said a few things about it, obviously, like, none of you watch anything on Netflix anymore or, like, do any other, like, like terribly sinful stuff anymore. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that when you think about the fantastic stuff that you do, it falls within that realm. And the last thing is that you worship God. It's holy unto God. Sabbath is holy unto God. So in whatever you do, you do it with them. You enjoy them. You look at nature. You look at life. You look at the flowers. You celebrate life with God. You worship God. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to go and sit down and read and pray and worship and journal and pray in um, tongues. And then you're like, oh, yes, I did it. And if you didn't do it and it was a Sabbath and you didn't even get to your quiet time, then you failed. Like Matthew said, that's a, a terrible place to be in. Um, enjoy and love God. On Sabbath. Does that help? So what I want you to do now is to write down the most fulfilling, joyful, and I said holy in there because I thought maybe some of you aren't that 
Christian, but we can just take out holy for now. But write down the most fulfilling and joyful day that you can imagine having. Think about it a bit. Write it down. Remember the meals with family. Imagine like Table Mountain, whatever. Just think about the most amazing day you can imagine. I'm going to give you five minutes.
All right, I think you've got some idea, some plan. Who's, who's rather excited to have such a day? How about you have one every week? <laughs> For the sake of the kingdom of God, you cannot afford not to. How great is our God? And how wonderful is His good news? And how wonderful are His ways? Are you with me? This is really cool. So, I want you to have the following discussion with each other now. It's not on the slides. Um, but I want you to ask this question, answer this question, what will you now do? Then we will worship a little bit. But answer, like, tell each other, like, what, what will you now do? One, two, three, enjoy. <laughs> 